Hello and welcome to another episode of How Are You Holding Up, a mental health podcast by the depressed for the depressed. I'm Chris. And I'm Lindsay. And Lindsay, (laughs) how are you holding up? I'm doing better. If you guys hear barking in the background, my dog has decided today's a day to bark. He's been very quiet for the past few days, so I apologize in advance. (laughs) Just got to get it out now. Yeah. I'm doing fine. I am making moves to help myself. Good. I contacted my therapist. My therapist I had a year ago. I was with her for years, and then I lost insurance, and I lost her with the insurance um, she's always been pretty warm about working with me without insurance, but I've kind of put, I don't know, a mental block up against it. Mm-hmm. But, um, I reached out to her because I thought it was time. I've been dealing with insomnia for the past mm-hmm. few nights and lots of really bad thoughts. So it was time to contact her. How are you holding it? Well, first off, good for you. Thanks. <laughs> I'm glad that you're, uh, you're, you're making your way out of that hole. Yes. It is, it is not a pleasant place to be. Uh, for me, I am okay. I've been diving headfirst into work again, as usual. The last two weeks has been more or less just a constant stream of I can't not be moving and doing things to the point where I come home and I pass out from exhaustion, which is great. Wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not great, but it's, it's, it's better than the alternative where I get sad and obsessive about being sad. So yeah, we're all coping in different ways. Yes, absolutely. I've been, you know, still, consistently taking the meds and they've been helping in their own ways Good. which has been nice to kind of you know get that taken care of and uh aside from that it's just been uh it's been yeah it's been a thing it's been living i'm glad you're living <laughs> <laughs> um so today we're excited to have an episode that was uh, requested Mm-hmm. Um, they asked to have a full episode about people with mental illness who don't seek help because they second guess themselves. Yes. So almost an imposter syndrome when yes, it comes to getting a, help. Yeah. Yeah. Imposter syndrome part two. Uh, what are you talking about? I'm not depressed. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, that's, uh, that is a common and all too common feeling, I must say. It can even it's... happen once you have a podcast and have therapy and medicine, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've gotten past this. I don't need to go back to therapy. It's fine. Um, so I think it's hard when you have grown up in a situation where maybe a parent or a family member or a friend told you to suck it up or mm-hmm. depression isn't real. You don't have depression. I was lucky enough to grow up in a family where therapy was accepted and fine. A lot of people don't believe in therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I was similarly raised in a household where not only was therapy accepted and encouraged, uh, feelings and talking about them was very much 
encouraged from an early, early age. Like, whatever made you sad, whatever made you mad, we didn't just tell you to get over it in my family. We just said, hey, what's going on? What's wrong? And I think for a lot of us in this generation and even the one, um, the Gen Z generation, I think we're suffering from also having parents who um, were really busy and didn't have time for our problems. And that can be another thing. So it might not be that you were told, you know, suck it up or get over it, but it could just be coming from, uh, I don't know, neglect, emotional neglect. Yeah, you, your your mental health and your well-being may not have been high on the priorities because the physical well-being was put at a higher pedestal. So we push all of our mental health needs way to the back of the line because we have more pressing issues to deal with, quote unquote. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's it can be true. Sure. If you if you're in a situation where you might not be able to put food on the table, you kind of have to sometimes take a little bit of mental abuse in order to provide. But that does not excuse it. It doesn't encourage that as being the norm. Yeah. That is a horrible circumstance that you should try and get out of. Yeah. I think um, this episode we're going to try and hone in on um, what therapists would say is normal Mm -hmm. what uh they look for in terms of like how they evaluate you we are not mental health professionals obviously this is just uh you know stuff that we've gone through friends have gone through and we're just trying to give some support yeah but um i think at some point everyone has the i'm okay when you're not okay And it's important for you to identify what the problem is and where it's coming from. Yes. So I'm trying to – there's a lot to talk about here. There's a lot to unpack. Yeah. Um, So I think, first of all, if if you are unsure if you need help, if you're unsure that you have a problem or that's really as that that bad you know like oh it's like yeah it sucks that my dad gets really mad at me and calls me horrible names but at least he didn't hit me or you know which was something that i did uh (laughs) yeah I, i i mean personally i think that as soon as you have to say the phrase at least he isn't, or at least they aren't, or at least they, as soon yeah. as you have to put it in comparison, yeah. you should know that something's not right. Yeah. And it also, your mental health shouldn't get to a, a point where you are contemplating suicide ever. So if no. you're waiting for the, well, at least I don't think about suicide thing, um, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're <laughs> the, the epitome of mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no. So yay for... Uh, reaching out if you've reached out to any of your friends if you've tried to talk to your parents if you've tried to talk to somebody that's a great step but let's talk about evaluation um and when treatment is needed so i looked this up on the internet and uh you can find many different renditions of this this is not 100 percent, but you know each mental health condition has its own signs and symptoms but generally therapists are going to ask you some of these questions or have you fill some of this stuff out um, if you want to follow along with me on this, it's on the mayoclinic.org. 
It'll be in the show notes. Yeah, we'll have it in the show notes. Um, and so a, a big thing to look at in yourself, and I'm hoping that this will enable you to feel like, okay, maybe I do need to start, you know, looking for help. So changes in personality, eating or sleeping patterns. This can be really difficult, especially in times of quarantine um, mm-hmm. and difficult if you're just living through stress. Because you could be stressed, right, with work or you could be tired because you just, you know, you've had too much caffeine late at night, too many nights in a row. Um, or but, you're unemployed and that's keeping you up and you're not yeah. eating as much kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, but, you know, I, for me, for example, lately I've been – really tired, really tired and trying to go, I go to bed around midnight and lay there awake thinking about every horrible thing that has ever been done to me or that I have done. And I have tried to send out love and positivity and forgiveness. And I've tried to think about puppies and kittens or, and I have really, really violent negative thoughts. So I need to contact a therapist, which I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're having an inability to cope with problems or daily activities, that's another sign. Um, like if you're just finding it hard, you know, you have to go to the bathroom and take a break and maybe like cry. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. That that one is especially something yeah. that's kind of hard to recognize sometimes because the whole idea of coping with a problem, we all cope differently. Yeah. So if it's beyond your normal scope of coping, you know, like. If you're normally somebody who kind of thrives under pressure, it can be very difficult to recognize when you are suddenly not in the same headspace yeah. as usual. Because, you know, yeah, and we you thrive know, go, in chaos. And you have to – this is the thing. We have an episode on this on getting to know yourself and really understanding yourself. Because for some people, going to the bathroom in the middle of the day and crying is how they cope. Mm-hmm. But if you're having – so right now, I'm going to be using myself as an example right now a lot because I'm going through some stuff. Um, I'm having an inability to – I'm having an inability to cope with um, an ending of my friendship. I am thinking about it. I am crying about it. I am getting enraged about it. I'm fantasizing about having weird conversations or talking to people I shouldn't about what happened. Um, that it's getting in it's, – it's, it's ruining my sleep. It's Mm -hmm. ruining how much emotional energy I have for my daily life, you know, able to do other things. Yeah. I will randomly think about it while I'm talking to somebody else. So that would be an example. Um, If you're feeling disconnected or you're withdrawing from normal activities, this is also a difficult one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that one's one that for me, I first noticed my problems when I was unable to like be in the same kind of headspace that I was when I was in my quote unquote element, you know, uh, I being an extroverted person would get a lot of energy from being around people and being at parties or getting a group and watching a movie and, you know, doing fun things. And then after a while, it just started to tire me out. So I stopped doing them or I stopped reaching out to people and I didn't recognize it until way later that, hey, that's not good. (laughs) That's not normal. 
And I think there's uh, an element of guilt associated with the kind of disconnection or withdrawal from normal activities or the feeling of I'm going to push through. I'm just going to play this video game because I usually love playing this video game, even though right now it feels like a chore. Or I'm going to hang out with these friends right now, even though I literally can't feel anything when I'm talking with them or I feel nearly nothing. Um, Or their problems don't seem as big as my problems. Uh, And whereas normally you would be like, you know, able to enjoy your, your hobbies, able, and this is not just like one day. This is, this is going on. I would say a week of this, a week is a good indicator. I think they, they go on for two, when they're like, it's for months. That's hard to know. If you're like, by the end of a week, you're like, wow, I really haven't connected to anything. I'm having foggy brain. I can't really remember what I did. I can't sleep well. I'm, you know, it's, it's start, you have to see it in the small cracks of your life. Um, and that requires you to be, be aware of yourself. Uh, this one is interesting and I've never seen this in a list, unusual or magical thinking. That one is very interesting to me. Yeah. Um, I think it means, again, I'm not a therapist, where you are creating almost a, oh God, what's it called? Like you're disassociating almost where it's, you're creating like, well, it's okay. I'm really poor right now and I'm stuck in this bad situation with this toxic person, but I'm going to become famous and make a lot of money. And all these problems are going to be so small once that happens for me. Yes. A sort of fantastical uh, narrative of your life. Yeah. Or this, I'm going to meet somebody and we're going to get married and they're going to take care of me because they're going to be rich and they're going to love me. And then once they love me, all of my problems will go away. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, absolutely. As soon as they love me, nothing bad will ever happen to me ever again. Yeah, um, all these things I am listing are things I have thought of in the past. (laughs) I'm very uh, much, yeah. yeah. What's it called when you are, oh God, and it's, it starts with a D, it's a word where you create, it's a, it's like delusional. Oh, delusional, yes. Delusional thinking. I had extreme delusional thinking because that's how I got through the day. Mm -hmm. Um, So excessive anxiety. I, I think that's a hard one because some people have lived with it for so long they don't realize it's excessive. How do you know it's mm-hmm. normal if you're living in your own body? You know, that's why a therapist is helping. But yeah. um, if you're just kind of, if your stomach's kind of in knots, if you have a hard time breathing, if your hands get sweaty a lot and you're just uncomfortable and you're yeah. hyper aware of the people around you, of the interactions that are going on, you're fearful. The fear, that's that's a hard one to live with fear. If you've ever been to a doctor and they've done like a heart rate on you and they're like, wow, your heart's beating really fast. You might have a little bit more anxiety than you're letting on. Yeah. And yeah, that that or your blood pressure spikes, things like that, where it's yeah, I I am very guilty of like my anxieties that I have for like the longest time I, you know. We've been over this a few times in the past where I'm not one who really suffers from anxiety, but I recognize that when I am having anxiety, that it's bad and that I need to be paying attention to it. Yeah. When I have anxiety, I usually feel like I'm going to die, like I'm dying. You know, you Mm -hmm. can't breathe. You can't catch your breath. Um, So there's a couple other things below this that I feel like you would know, you know, prolonged sadness, depression, apathy, thoughts or statements about suicide or, or harming others, mm-hmm. substance mis- misuse. Obviously, I think we all are aware of those things, extreme mood swings. But this one, this last one, I think is important. If you get excessively angry, yep. um, 
Obviously, hostility or violent behavior, that's a pretty big indicator. But excessive anger is not normal if you get really enraged. And I think what I have found interesting is I think a lot of men use video games to process their feelings. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why there's a lot of rage. Because a normal person who's playing a game, sure, they might get frustrated or they might get angry at something that's you know, totally ridiculous. But if you get angry every day, like screaming, cussing, and you just want to like tear things apart, that's not normal. Um, I, I have gone through that. Uh, I was, I was drinking too much. I was in a really toxic relationship and the video games I was playing, I would just, I'd be like, it was probably if I watched myself doing what I was doing and the things I was saying and yelling and like storming around the room, I would probably be embarrassed because it was just, but in the moment you just get so fired up. Rage is not like anger. Rage is an all consuming. I mean, like you just want to be destructive in what you say in what you do. And you want to hurt yourself. You want to hurt the things around you. You want to hurt people. You want to break your controller. Um, Not normal. Therapists would look for that. So Hopefully, though, that list, if you're like, no, I'm probably okay, and a few of those things kind of dinged, hopefully that will empower you to know that, okay, maybe these are the signs that my body are giving me to let me know that I'm not okay, and I do need help. I think one important note also, especially go back to the anger, hostility, violent behavior thing, it is one of the few kind of mental health related things that gets the most unique band-aid put over it Mm -hmm. because the phrase that i've heard way too often as an excuse is well i've just got a temper yeah i've got a bad temper you know or oh i'm irish i've got a bad you know we're fiery you know things like that where it's excused it's like it's not a thing that i have control over I I just I'm genetically predisposed to be a rage filled, uh, incredible Hulk. That's not the case, guys. That's yeah. that is a learned behavior. Yeah. You're you're not you know you don't come out of the friggin' womb like the Doomslayer ripping and tearing. <laughs> you're just you are brought into this world as a baby, probably yeah, screaming as we are wont to do because this world is the way it is. But no. um... (laughs) Sorry. Ridiculous. Um... (laughs) No, we, there's a lot of things that are learned behaviors and I feel very strongly anger is one of them. Yes. Like you can feel injustice. You can feel a lot of things that are, you know, you can feel things that are, very personal and anger and rage are not things that come 100% naturally. Well, I think especially rage. Anger is normal. Anger is Ang- normal. Anger sure. is a healthy emotion, mm-hmm. just yeah. as any emotion. Rage is an entirely different beast. Yes. And I think um, something that we actually, it was really cool. We got a, a listener reaching out to us about rage and depression. And it's, it, I actually did a lot of study on it after that and it i found that it's really not talked about but there's a lot of rage with men and depression um mm-hmm. some women too but i think it's more common in men and it it's just not usually like you know you hear about apathy or or loss of appetite you don't hear about rage and depression or rage no. and mental illness 
for me, my rage, my rage, my anger, because I am somebody who I can absolutely like lose my shit sometimes. It's yeah. not often. Yeah. And I've only and very few people have seen me genuinely angry as a result of it because I fight with all my heart to keep that contained. <laughs> you know, that's that's not something I want people to see. But when it happens, yeah, it's it's out of a place of frustration and pain often. And pain. I, I think, you know, when you're little and you're mm -hmm. raised by somebody who is a uh, rager and mm -hmm. you know we are all taught how to become a human by our parents yep. and our teachers and i know that if you're not taught how to deal with your anger and you see your parents screaming and they scream at you and you get cornered or your power gets taken away and they laugh at you i mean there is a rage that gets grown in you i feel like it's a demon honestly yeah. um whether you're spiritual or not it is it's like this like other being inside of you um, and you know, you can start having rage attacks and it's basically almost like a tantrum mm -hmm. and it's, it's something to look out for. It's something that can be controlled and yep. it can be healed. One of the reasons I decided a while ago not to have children was because I was raised with a rageful parent and I very early on was a rageful person and I babysat a child one time and I raged on them and it was caught on camera mm -hmm. and it was so embarrassing and shame the shame was so strong and they never confronted me about it they never asked me back um they would mention it sort of like oh well you know the, you haven't babysat no more. you know like it would be this it were a family friend and it was horrifying and that was I was about 16 and that's when I realized I cannot have kids because I didn't want to hit them I didn't want to yell at them and I felt like I might if I didn't if I did have them so um thankfully through therapy and everything now I'm not sure where I stand on that but it does feel like it's uncontrollable but I want to let you know that it is something that you can work through yes. sorry my dog is barking in the background um <laughs> that's mojo and he is my emotional uh, uh support animal and he's going to be emotionally supporting us through his barks yes supportive supportive emotional barking <laughs> uh, um you tell him mojo <laughs> brat he's just laying on my bed looking out over the land barking um mm -hmm. okay something i want to mention about the emotional imposter syndrome thing is that is not coming from you. The thought yeah. that you don't need help. So sit with that for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> because that's not, you were taught that that was either weak or that, that you don't need the help or that your feelings aren't important enough or that they're not real mm -hmm. or whatever. And or other people have it worse than you, yes. so yada yada, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point too. Mm -hmm. And it's it's true, but that doesn't mean your problems or your pain or what you're going through is any less. So a couple of things I think to think about or to maybe try for yourself, if you're just not ready to jump into therapy or you don't have the money, um, right now is a fantastic time, seriously, to find an online depression support group 
you can remain anonymous and hearing other people talk about what they're going through who are in different stages of their healing process or coping process might help empower you. You need people in your life, whatever capacity that is, to support you. Whether Mm -hmm. you have depression, whether you have schizophrenia, whether you are bipolar, whether you are a completely normal, healthy person, even Jesus needed 12 disciples (laughs) Well, I don't know. Um, we all yeah. need we all need a support group. So it might behoove you to do your own research, take yourself seriously, and take the warning signs seriously because you've got well, probably one life, and mm-hmm. no matter how much money you make, no matter how in love you are, no matter how well you're doing in other ways of your life, if you are mentally unwell it's not going to matter and you're going to suffer and you might not need to. Yeah. Guys, mental health, physical health, they are absolutely two sides of the same coin. Just like you hopefully wouldn't walk on a broken leg. You shouldn't be limping along mentally thinking that it's just going to get better. You have to do the work. And doing the work is hard. And sometimes it's difficult to know when to start doing the work. But there's no better time than now. There's literally no better time than right now to recognize in yourself and those around you that you can take care of yourself. And you can take care of those around you. You can be the support for someone. You can find someone to support you. Whatever it takes, whatever you need, it's out there and you're going to find it. But you do have to do the work. <laughs> you got to do the work, though. You yeah. got to do the work. And like, it's, yeah, it's not going to just come yeah. to you, fall out of the sky like a, you know, it's not going to fall out of the sky like a meteor. It's going to hit you like a ton of bricks. Sure. Yeah. When you find it. So go out there and look. And as somebody who has done a lot of work and is still going to do a lot of work, it has changed my life from somebody who was victim to everything, who was really hurt deeply by so much constantly, who couldn't get a job that would stick, that couldn't find a relationship that was deeply loving and supportive. I am now in a place where I am supported by a wonderful, wonderful boyfriend and emotionally we're able to communicate well. I have a good set of friends. People will still do bad things. It happens. But I am now mentally, emotionally fortified to those things. And when I can't deal with it, I know how to reach help. I know what the signs are so that I can still be loving and supportive to the people in my life and still try and push forward and have the things that I want. Because if you're rageful, if you're depressed, it's going to be really hard to have deep, meaningful friendships, a relationship where you don't rage on her or him, mm-hmm. a, a a job that you know, you're, you're feeling fulfilled by. This just takes time. It just takes time and, and taking yourself seriously. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. And thank you for the uh, suggestion. Yes.
That was, was really fun. Very good. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, as for us, follow us on Instagram at Hey Who Podcast. Like our Facebook page. Subscribe to the subreddit. If you want to support us directly, visit our Patreon. If you want to send us something directly, go ahead and email mailbag at HowAreYouHoldingUp.com. And as always, don't, don't tell, tell us to just, just get, get over it. it.